Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. This is the post Thanksgiving Week 12 edition. I'm Liz Lozon I'm back, and I'm joined by Matt Harmon and Scott Pianowski. Hello, gents. How was your turkey day? Wow, that great. Everybody. I always want, like, Scott to say something first, because I know I'm just going to blabber on about stupid stuff. So. Scott, I know that you are Italian. Did you have turkey and also the most coveted Thanksgiving dish on the planet, which I have not had, which is lasagna? I know it's always pasta for me. Yes, big, I love this big about ziti Scott. cheese. Um, big ziti, get there. Yeah, it was delicious. I I didn't have any turkey at all. That's the way to so go. It was, a, it was an Italian Thanksgiving for me. I uh, I celebrated by picking all three games wrong against the spread, but other than that, <laughs> uh, it, it didn't have any of the touchdowns. I couldn't find any of the right Saints free agents. I, I played all the Saints free agents I could and picked the wrong ones. But uh, it was a good day. Today was better. I did better with my picks today. But you know how it is. You get some stuff wrong. You know, some of your guys get hurt. Some of your guys underperform. Some of your guys overperform. You're in so many leagues, you don't even know where you're doing well sometimes. But it was a good day. I I can't complain. We. We work in the toy department. I had a good Thanksgiving, uh, although I will say I really appreciate Did you, Matt? Yeah, no, I had, I had a good Thanksgiving, but what I really enjoyed was doing Black Friday like a true American. Did you get a tent and sit outside <laughs> oh, a Best Buy? Oh, hell no. I sat on my couch and spent a lot of money sitting on my couch yeah. just buying stuff online. Ditto. And oh, I was yeah. really- and clicker. I was oh, yeah, really absolutely. disappointed by websites that didn't have Black Friday sales. Yeah. Like, well, what are we, what are you, I, what are and you I'm doing? not waiting till Monday. Yeah, well, oh, it's no, not going to happen. I got Bill's forecast oh, right the, on Monday. With the money we pay you guys, you don't you guys don't need coupon life. You you guys can pay, you know, full uh, price for everything. Everybody needs a little coupon life. Let me tell you, Scott. It was uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even have enough money to get myself some baked ziti on Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. I was eating well, ham. Yeah, because did, didn't you gain like a pound in New Orleans? I heard you're, you were bloated. I lost weight in New Orleans. Yeah, which you still, basically which become is, Betty Draper in season four of Mad Men. Which is still a little ridiculous. I love rid- you. That was the best thing anyone's ever said to me. A little ridiculous about this whole, like, you lost weight in New Orleans thing. Anyways. It was great. New Orleans, uh, I am still thankful for. Yeah, uh, we know. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Spicy. Um, Let's talk about a player who did not have the best Thanksgiving weekend. Melvin Gordon entered this week with knee issues and then lobbied the coaching staff to play. And here's the best part. 
they listen to him because you can never aggravate an injury like a knee issue, right? Oh, that actually happened. It looks like now per Eric Williams, he has an MCL sprain, is not expected to play in week 13 at Pittsburgh. In his stead, a couple of surprising things. Austin Eckler did see more work out uh, in the passing game, but this character, Justin Jackson... I know Matt doesn't like when I call him a character. (laughs) It's just funny. I don't know. It's something different, you know? Well, he's a seventh round pick out of Northwestern. Smallish guy. That's the knock against him is he's one of these diminutive pass catching backs. But here's the other interesting part. Great burst, vision, uh, weaves through traffic, carried the ball more times than Austin Eckler, not at all involved in the passing game. So I think, well, what's going on here? Scott, what's your first take on it? First of all, it's just disappointing that I know you can't keep everybody in bubble wrap. You have to let them play football, but it's disappointing to see Melvin Gordon get hurt in a game where the Chargers were 14 point favorites and they were ahead 28 to 10 at halftime. You know, Arizona, they spotted Arizona 10 points and then just boat raced them off the field. Philip Rivers threw one incompletion the entire day. It just like the Chargers could do anything they wanted. And you just like to go back in time and say, you know what, maybe, maybe Melvin Gordon doesn't need to play the second half. Yeah. But, you know, an injury can happen on any play. I actually didn't see the injury. I was uh, in the midst of getting something to eat. So I didn't see the injury. I don't I don't know how it happened, but what's 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 there to say? I mean, Gordon's not going to play against Pittsburgh. He's out indefinitely. And I think this is most of all, I mean, Ecker's a nice player, but he's at his size. You really can't. 15 touches today is about as much as I think you ever want to give him. And and Jackson is is a guy who sounds like he's a little slight too. I think this turns into the Philip Rivers show for the rest of the season. Yeah, interesting enough, if it does turn into the Philip Rivers show, that would look pretty nice against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Give me all those shares of Mike Williams, baby. Yeah, right. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen had a touchdown today. He is definitely like yo-yoing right back into the touchdown progression part of the Wouldn't it be nice if one of these guys, like Mike Williams has the two touchdowns, but why is it, there's always like some fringe player in the Chargers doing something on low targets, and I... I just wish we had a bankable target floor on some of these non Keenan Allen guys. I I'm yeah. afraid that I could play Mike Williams and he might get two two looks. Oh, he, he had four today and made, made good on. Him, I mean, it should also be pointed out that Tyrell Williams was banged up. He did start, but yeah. that could have affected things. But I think when you have a matchup against a team like Pittsburgh at yeah, Heinz Field, sure. there should be enough volume here to get your fringe players involved um and i just wanted to also give a shout out to at the ff ghost he does something called the orange report so any of these Great quote character it is it's one of my favorite any when any of these quote characters <laughs> shows up you can reference his orange report he does a, a, a compendium of all of the rookies at various positions yep. and it's always been very very helpful so thank you ghost for helping me further figure out justin jackson Let's also point out that if you need to go further than this week, not only are the Chargers at Pittsburgh this week, but then it's at Cincinnati. I'm sorry, home against Cincinnati, a team that looks like they're trying oh, to win yeah. the game. And then they play at the Chiefs, and you know the Chiefs are going to score their points. You'll probably be chasing the game against them. So a lot of scoring potential. You don't like the Baltimore matchup in Week 16, but we'll worry about that. We're in the championship game. We'll figure it out. The next three weeks look like they're going to play three high-scoring games. I like those points. You know, we forgot to mention, I got so excited about Italian food and Thanksgiving that I forgot to mention that we're talking about tomorrow's headlines today. Sad. You have one, Matt. Yeah, I do have one since I guess Melvin Gordon is really a headline of today that we're talking about today. I think tomorrow's headline, and it kind of bleeds into this point, is I think Josh Adams 
Gus Edwards really showed the merits of cuffing season, what we talked about all those couple pods ago, Liz and Brett. You know, we we talked about this as this is the times ago. Get these end of the roster guys, these depth running backs who a lot of people don't really know. And I think outside of the most hardcore sickos, you know, those of us who are reading Ghost's Orange Report, we might know who Josh Adams are. We might know who Gus Edwards is. But most people out there probably had no idea who these guys were uh, until a couple of weeks ago. But here they are in week 12, and Adams is scoring touchdowns. Gus Edwards is going over 100 yards for the second game in a row. These are the type of guys that I think, you know, these nobodies, quote unquote, that make a difference late in fantasy. And I have no idea how you think about like who I if someone's asked me right now, like who's the next Gus Edwards, Josh Adams, maybe it's Jackson from L.A. Maybe it's uh, someone else we'll talk about in the pickup section. But getting these guys on your roster is more important than the, I don't know, Doug Martins or whatever, who's ever out there. Like I could give a damn about adding somebody like Doug Martin right now at this point, because like I well, I'm, you're going to spoiler care about it in our no, future segment. No, 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 Liz, no, I'm not, because I, I asked our dear podcast producer if I could hack his name off the pickup <laughs> section, because that's how much I don't give a damn. I'm not going to start. I'm not going to. Some of us were forced into talking I'm not, about well, him I'm never going to start a player like Doug Martin. So. Well, well, since, since, we're, since disagreement is open on this podcast, I'll throw out that this is going to sound incredibly pedantic, yes. but I think there's two different things between an upside backup running back and a, an actual handcuff. Oh, where, yes. To me, Spencer Ware is a handcuff or Malcolm Brown is a handcuff or um, maybe Jalen Samuels is, is a handcuff in Pittsburgh. Certainly D'Angelo Williams was when, when he was back with the Steelers and they had that guy Le'Veon Bell. It's always wonderful all season. All season, I want some lottery tickets uh, in the backfields. I, I mean, it's not like Josh Adams was handcuffing. It's not like the, the Eagles had a starting back they felt good about. And oh, if he got hurt, then Josh Brown could take uh, Josh Adams could take over. Adams was always in play to maybe be their lead back. And Edwards, I mean, I, I don't know about you, Liz. I didn't even rank Edwards on my board last week. Sixty running backs, and with bye weeks in play, six teams didn't play last week. I had to rank sixty running backs. I did not come up with Gus Edwards. I wish I did. I think this is a, a different conversation. I think now is handcuffing season. I think now is when you have to have Spencer Ware because if um, Hunt goes down, you need to have, I don't know, the 60 or 70% version of, of Hunt that Ware might be. But um, as far as upside running backs, I'm those are guys I want all season where I won't touch handcuffs in September and October, maybe late October, I'll think about them. Th- yes, this is handcuffing season. I'm not sure these running backs... And again, very pedantic here. I'm not sure the running backs qualify as handcuffs. So you're saying, and I think I understand, and I think I agree, Josh Adams, Gus Edwards are not handcuffs. These are emergent RB1s that nobody saw coming. Do you know anybody? I'm in many leagues. Do you know anybody who owned Edwards before last week other than no, being a super not. deep, no. you know, dynasty league or something? I mean, I, we're getting I'm in chirp- a 14-team dynasty league and nobody had Gus Edwards. We're getting okay. chirped at in the Yahoo fantasy handle because we don't even have pictures for these guys on yeah. the game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> People, some, guy, some Eagles fan added the handle and was like, could you guys give Josh Adams a picture? Show a little respect for the guy. I'm like, I promise you. I don't know why there isn't a picture, but I promise you it's not a lack of respect. We're not a, or otherwise there's a lot of players I'm hacking. We've been talking about Josh Adams since week eight. For sure. So, but I think you could have gotten Adams ahead of time. I just don't think you could have gotten Edwards ahead of time. By the way, the people who were giving Brad Evans a bunch of crap today for Adams. I mean, uh, Adams had a long touchdown run called back by penalty. Could have been easily a bigger day. The game script wasn't ideal for Adams either. I mean, the Giants had a big lead in this game. At least he stayed relevant in the game. The Eagles didn't 
just junk the running game. Adams is a good player. I, every time I see him, I want to see more of him. I think if Philadelphia had controlled this game, like a lot of us thought they would, maybe it would have been a 20 touch game. It didn't get there, but he impresses me every time he plays. Dude, that was, that was amazing. When like these clowns are chirping at Brad in the first half, like, Oh yeah. Great sleeper pick or whatever. This one goofball was literally going back and clicking on every single tweet that Brad had recommended Evans or, or Brad Adams. Evans had recommended Adams and like with the laugh emojis and all that guy comes out, you know, ends up with like 16 points. So like, shut up. Don't come in here with your little, uh, with your little banter before the, se- before the second half is part of fantasy too, is recognizing as the trends are occurring. So yes. we tabbed Josh Adams so that in advance of something like this, we could say, Hey, at week 11, we're like, Oh, look at this, uh, check notes. I believe is the tweet you sent out human being this corporeal specter named (laughs) Gus Edwards has 17 carries he has leapfrogged Alex Collins we don't always know the depths of the depth chart but we can react accordingly and when you look at not just Josh Adams profile but look at the needs that that backfield has a backfield desperate for power well Josh Adams looks like he's going to be a fit for sure who do you like more going forward? It has to be Edwards, I take it. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think so. Just because I trust that offense to become a little to be a little bit more run heavy. I like yeah. a running quarterback like Lamar yeah. Jackson opening up holes for Edwards. For I think sure. that that's right. just I a think better they found tandem. Their identity. Interesting time Montgomery got involved in the game a little bit today. Not enough it's the perfect fantasy disruptor where oh, they get yeah. in the way. Well, you can't yeah. play them, but they get fifty yards off the table that you wanted for your guy. But and by the way, the rule the rule of trolling us, if you don't like our picks, tell us before the game or we'll talk after the game. Don't don't second quarter chirp. That's just pointless. And let's let's let the game settle. Oh, There's yeah. so many so many yeah. picks look good at 1:45 p.m. and they look like crap at 4:30. Yeah. Let's let the let's enjoy the game and let it breathe a little bit. Yeah. Scott, let's talk about your New England Patriots. Um yeah, I they... coached them up all during the bye week. I take credit for this win. Sure. Sure, they came off of a bye week. I don't know if they quite hammered the Jets as much as they could have, especially when coming off of a bye. Yeah, it's taking care of business game. It was tied at halftime. But a lot of Patriots, this is a team, when I look in the AFC and I see the Steelers receivers and, and Ben Roethlisberger, I see all the toys in Kansas City. I see what Philip Rivers is doing. And, you know, unfortunately, Gordon's hurt right now, but they have a lot of fun players. I looked at the New England depth chart and I'm thinking, where are the playmakers? Rob Gronkowski hadn't scored a touchdown since week one. Well, he had a real beastly 34-yard touchdown today. Sony Michelle's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. He had a fumble at an opportune time earlier in the year. Today he looked like the first round back. He was he was paid to be 21 for 133 and a touchdown. Making James White, I love James White, but he really should be a complimentary player. He only had the 10 touches today. The bottom line is this: if you own Patriots guys, you you kind of needed that. Circle of trust week from Gronkowski. You needed it from Brady. You maybe even wanted it from Edelman and Gordon. Gordon's kind of settling into the same week. He has like 60 to 90 yards every week. Sometimes he scores. He's been okay. Not great. Edelman had a nice game today, a touchdown and a long reception, 84 yards. Brady, a very crisp 115 rating. 283 and two isn't the hugest game in fantasy in 2018, especially when Brady's never going to run the ball. He occasionally sneaks one in, but and a 27-13 win over the Jets is not worthy of a parade, but we know the schedule's favorable. A lot of AFC matchups coming. I needed a show-me game from a lot of these guys. I, I needed the Patriots to show me that I could trust them in the most important part of my fantasy season. And while they didn't blow it out of the water today, I feel a lot better about this entire offense. Yeah, I got to give you credit, Liz. You were definitely 
you you were telling me when I think when we were in New Orleans, I don't know, it's all hard to it's hard to parse <laughs> anything together. Uh that James White was destined to have a slow second half or you know last quarter of the season here cuz all these guys were coming back. I didn't really buy into it, but that is kind of as Scott mentioned, that's really what played out today. Well, thank you, Matt. You make good picks too. Uh, not really, but I appreciate you. Get, <laughs> I appreciate you throwing me the pity bone. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we. I actually, as I was mentioning uh, James White on FFL in our basically our bust segment, I thought about you, Scott, because I was like, a couple of weeks ago, Scott went on this rant about you're just going to start James White. No more James White questions. If this doesn't work for me, I'm going to get an earful on the pod. So. You know, Zay Jones did nothing. I'll eat it on that one. Neither did Kendrick Bourne, but at least I got James White sort of right. But I, I thought about you, Scott, because you de- definitely have your finger on the pulse of this offense in a unique way. I still think he's playable because they like him, and there's going to be games where his skill set comes into play more than it did today. But the point is they view Michelle as somebody who could be a 20-plus touchback, and they never thought James White was that guy. Yeah, and I, I also have this pet theory that they know how bad Sony Michelle's knee is, and I feel like they're just going to run him into the ground because they're going to get their money's worth. They're going to Melvin Gordon him? Is that what you're saying? I don't know if he'll last as long as Melvin Gordon. I have a lot of Melvin Gordon, by the way. It's really painful. And I don't have to say that, but that's, that's going to be painful when I look at, oh, this team's in good shape. Oh, we don't have Gordon. This team's in good shape. I don't have Gordon. And I have no Eckler anywhere. I don't know if you guys are sitting on Eckler shares. But now for me, I do, I do a, in dynasty. He's a guy who like ended up getting dropped a lot. Austin. Eckler. You are a dynasty. Are you winning your dynasty leagues? <laughs> Am I winning in my dynasty leagues? My dynasty. Are you the Ming suck. dynasty? What dynasty? Are you the John Forsyth dynasty? What, what dynasty do you comp to the most? Probably the one out of Dallas. Okay. Linda Evans, okay. I like that. Blue eyeshadow. Uh, let's talk about Russell Wilson though. Forget Dallas. That offense is getting left behind. Let's talk about Russell Wilson, who predictably is surging at this point in the season. He's managed 31 pass attempts in back-to-back weeks despite this run-heavy approach. He's got the 49ers in Week 13, and their defense is allowing an average of 35 passing attempts per game. This week, uh, Jamison Winston rushed for 24 yards against them. So I feel like Russell Wilson, he's got the San Francisco next week, then Minnesota, then it's back to San Francisco finishes in week 16 versus Kansas City. This is looking pretty good. A lot of people were, you know, it's interesting because I remember getting, who should I keep Russell Wilson or Cam Newton? Cam Newton's schedule a couple of weeks ago looked like complete cake, but the Panthers are really struggling. And I just felt like maybe Russell Wilson was going to give you consistent QB 10 numbers and the ups and downs of Cam Newton may not have been worth it. I love how you referred to Jameson Winston. It just made me want to start drinking. It must be the New Orleans hangover <laughs> effect. Answer me this. I've never had a good answer to this. Russell Wilson does better in the second half and specifically the final third of seasons. It's been the story of his entire career. Right. I get it. His rookie year because, you know, you learn more, you become more experienced. They put more on his plate. But he's, what is his seventh, eighth year in the league? I mean, why does this keep on happening? Why does Russell Wilson... He just a guy who does the term paper the the last night before it's due or the morning mm. before it's due. I mean, what is it with Russell Wilson and late season surges? But it looks like we're going to get it today. One thing I have liked, we didn't see it today with only four rushing yards, but he's been more proactive with the scrambling. Mm-hmm. And I think he's really smart about how to get out of bounds or slide. He very seldom takes the kill shot, which, of course, with his, you know, what is he, 5'10 and a half, 5'11. I mean, you don't want him getting hit a lot. But 
I believe I believe the narrative you sold. I, I don't know why it keeps happening, but some things I don't think you need an explanation or a rationalization. You just have to say this has happened enough that I believe in it. I believe Russell Wilson's going to be a difference maker the rest of the way. And I'll throw it to Matt, who um, you know, I know you live and die with the Panthers. It's been a tough game just for you to die. Lately, it's just a lot of death. Uh, right as I start to believe in a man, that's when they go and drop three straight games. The two road games I could understand. Like, I get it. I know they have struggles on the road. They always have. Nobody should lose to Detroit. Come on. No, 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 no. I know. You're right. You're right. There's no excusing that game. And the way they lost to Pittsburgh, I mean, I think it was it was a little easy to shrug off the Pittsburgh game. Sure. sure. And then the Detroit loss, it was like, God, well, if they just made a couple different, you know, they should have won, but whatever. But then this game, it was just it was just more the same old stuff. Like, I, I don't know what to say at this point. I, they're probably on the fringes of the playoff picture now, whereas like I was penciling them into the five seed a couple of, you know, like three weeks ago or whatever. This week, they just got straight up out I mean, and look, if it's, it's still tough too, because if you look on the offensive side of the ball, like they have been investing a lot of resources there and it's hit. You know, Chris McCaffrey's a hit. DJ Moore's a hit. Curtis Samuel's a hit. 200 yards and two touchdowns. I know. He's a t- total yeah, stuff. Over a buck on, on both receiving and like, rushing yards, which has happened like 40 times. He, he could, I think he might be the Todd Gurley of the season. I think he might be the biggest difference maker the rest yes, of the year. So, yes. what are you doing with Christian McCaffrey next year? I mean, you're drafting him as you one of the first five picks. drafting him at value picks? again, assuming that he can yeah. handle that workload I mean, again? You're drafting him where you thought we were going to draft Le'Veon yes. Bell this year. That's where you're drafting Christian, Christian McCaffrey, second, third, fourth pick. He, yeah. like, he plays on like 97% of their snaps. Like That's unheard of other than like Le'Veon Bell in recent years from running backs. And like I know he's small, but he's held up to a big workload mm-hmm. all throughout his college career so far in the NFL. I think like if he gets hurt, people will definitely come out and, you know, do a little like outcome bias there and be like, oh yeah, you know, confirmation bias. Like I told you this is going to happen or whatever. But I mean, at this point he's proven that he can hold up to a big workload. I think he's a top five pick next year. And, and, and just a problem in Carolina and Liz, you and I were talking about this earlier. Like they have put all these resources into the offensive side of the football, which is great. Like I said, all these guys are hits, but their defense sucks now. It's not a good defense. It's a unit that you want to attack going forward in fantasy. And like until they, they well, that helps the offense to ha- a certain degree. It definitely helps the offense. And, and just overall, like these games are going to, yeah, they're going to be in a lot more shootouts. And the problem with Carolina is they still do play very slow. They're not a fast paced team. They're going to lose some of these shootouts. And Russell Wilson outdo them today. Is look, Ron Rivera there next year? I hope not. I, I, I'm kind of my wits end with, the Rivera era. I mean, the guy freaking said that like he w- he loves old fashioned seven to six games last week when he was asked I, I, for his reaction to the to the Monday Night Football game. He said, I'm not really a fan of that kind of football. Like I prefer. I'm not really a fashions. fan of working. Well, he was a defensive player. <laughs> yeah, so that the kind he's of a conservative and, and a defensive coach. coordinator. So sometimes that sticks with them. But look, the schedule just has shootout written all over it at Buccaneers, at Browns, Saints, Falcons, Saints. Uh, now, in all the NFC South games, it's pinball. It's first team, the 40. So we're going to see that. And, and the Browns, we've seen a team that can score and a team that will allow points. So I would think every Carolina game is going to be a fantasy bonanza. You may not get the wins that Matt Harmon wants, but you're going to yeah. get the fantasy points that all of us want. I'm sad, man. I was really ready to buy in on 2018 Carolina. I was really to put my heart out there. And once again, when you put your heart out there and you try to believe in something, you believe in love again, you just end up getting hurt. But look, if there was well, any, if there was anybody a- in the, if there was anybody that was going to drive the knife into the heart of the Carolina Panthers, I'm glad it was Tyler Lockett. That's what with I was that gonna say. Catch. Tyler Lockett has scored eight times out of what uh, eleven games at this point. Yeah. Eight eight touchdowns over yeah. eleven games. You'll take that. David Moore involved. I want to ask you. 
what are we doing with Doug Baldwin, right? He hasn't uh, yeah. been 100%. All season, uh, the groin issue coming into this week. Groin issues are ones that I, I'm super concerned. Whenever someone says groin issue, I'm like, nah, no thanks. Maybe I'm being hyper reactive, but that's one that I feel like can just be re-aggravated so easily. He didn't look hobbled in this game in particular, and he did lead the receiving court with targets. But David Moore and Lockett both uh, cleared 100 yards. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I don't want to deal with this this Baldwin I hate nonsense. it. I hate saying he's my favorite player, but you can't. When he tells you he's hurt before the season, you right. have to back away. Leave him. And then when he's a, a game day decision with an injury with injuries that he's battled the whole season, knee, groin, you know, you're right about the groin injury too. I mean, avoid it on your dating app. Oh. Just you know, you hear the groin, you step the other way. But you know, at least Lockett has stepped up. At least you know David Moore has started to get enough predictability in his game that you could have gotten to him today. And he's not even the best Moore in the field because I think, man, Matt, I, I don't know if your season's going to be where you want it to be, but DJ, DJ Moore is a good player. Yeah, I love him this and guy. Samuel. Him and Samuel are both. Yeah, like I, said, I love hits, Samuel at Ohio State. Talk about breaking my heart, beating Michigan again. Michigan favored, supposed to win. Now they got. Oh, yeah. I, I think. In fact, I think Ohio State scored 14 points since we started this podcast. <laughs> best defense in the country. They allowed 62, and that's with Ohio State sitting on the ball at the goal line at the end of the game because they could have scored 69 or 70 or maybe even 71 if Woody Hayes let them go for three like yeah. he wanted to. I'm excited to have DJ Moore. This is a guy I wish I had. I think he's startable now. Yep. I think he's a great keeper league pick. I think he's a great dynasty pick. Rookie receivers, we're just looking for these guys to, to swim, to not drown. And DJ Moore is doing laps right uh, now. Oh, he's, he's, it, let me tell you, Scott, like this is a guy that's not even at this point, like I'd say he's polished, like a, a yeah. to be, yeah, to be, to be kind. He's like a C plus route runner right now. He's athleting people right now. Right? Yeah. He's, he's Percy Harvin. He's like, per, he's like Percy Harvin right now. And you remember what happened when like Percy Harvin learned to become sure. more oh, of a that complete guy was receiver. Such a headache. Yeah. I mean, he's well, a pain in the ass, he had but like at the same slaves. time, he, he wants to share the headaches with all of us. He was an incredible player. And just on your point to he Doug really Baldwin before we can, we can finally move on on this point, but like. Think about what was why Doug Baldwin got boosted up draft boards. And I, and I think correctly before the injury, like this, this process might have worked out. People boost him, boosted him up, myself included, because a we all thought the Seahawks were going to be behind. They were going to be trailing in a lot of games. They were not going to be able to run the ball. Be damned no, with no, that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't they didn't care what the script was like. They they were going to run the damn ball and they have. And also we thought, well, who else is going to catch Target passes? Volume. Who else is going to catch passes? Lockett has emerged. David Moore has emerged. Even Nick Vanette's kind of out there doing some things every now and again. So both those points are pretty much moot. And that's plus they targeted yeah. ten guys today, so it's a more narrow a, tree. You'll yeah, get the Carolina sure. tree, six guys. Yeah, sure. the ball to ten guys on just 31 pass attempts. So it's not like they're forcing Baldwin or anybody for that, even Lockett. They're not forcing anybody 8 to 12 targets a week. So we asked our followers with Mahomes, Goff, and Breeze enjoying the long weekend, which quarterback had the most surprising performance today? Go ahead and... Don't at me, bro. The responses were James Hines said, not surprising, but Philip Rivers has been excellent this season and was again today. Matt, you and I discussed on hashtag halftime with Harmon. Uh, you can get it how, on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. How perfect Philip Rivers was. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Lynn finally, uh, when he Philip Rivers threw his first incompletion, that's when he uh, pulled him. You know, you got to demand excellence <laughs> from your players. Uh, so I, I think that, yeah, I mean, Rivers was great today. Rivers has been kind of a borderline quarterback one. He's never been mm-hmm. a guy that's going to have that top five type ceiling because the Chargers are super high in rush play percentage. They're also super low in pace of play. So now we might see that be different. 
with Melvin Gordon out. That is spinning it forward. That's the interesting part, which I think we already talked about pretty much, is that maybe Rivers now has access to a higher ceiling with Melvin Gordon out of the picture. Do they become more of a pass first team? I, I don't know if I totally buy into that, but I think at least he's going to be a guy that you're probably starting. It's not going to hurt you. Out. Yeah, good point. That's a good way to say it. He won't hurt you. At Sweet Baby Nico wants us to put some respect on the 26-point king, Baker Mayfield. Fair point. First road win in, I believe, 25 games. Stuck at the yeah, Hugh 13 Jackson. touchdowns in his last five games, four today. And then he throws the Heisman to Hugh Jackson, which is <laughs> awesome. I love Baker Mayfield. Plays with a chip on his shoulder, but it's an intelligent chip. He works his ass off. He's smart. And he was throwing touchdowns to different guys today. I mean, maybe it wasn't the most fantasy-friendly thing. We've talked in the recent past about Jarvis Landry being difficult to own and maybe even cuttable in some formats. But in Joku, with, with a man's touchdown, he, he tries. He basically crowd-surfed in mm. the end zone from the four-yard line and – Another huge Nick Chubb game. Baker Mayfield, again, rookie quarterbacks, right? We're just happy if they don't get their confidence kicked out of them. But Baker Mayfield is the other way around. He's actually a difference maker. Two wins in a row for the Browns, and they look like a fun team. Defense is okay, but it's not great. The offense has difference makers at running back. It has a difference maker at quarterback. I still think Njoku has a chance to be a really good player. And Mayfield, who I think if you redrafted everybody, he'd go first again. He was the right pick. So, Getting getting Hugh Jackson out was the right thing to do, obviously. Let's ask I want to ask this question, because I saw this pop up on my timeline. If you guys had to vote right now, who would be the offensive rookie of the year? Baker Mayfield or Saquon Barkley? I still lean Barkley. I think I'd lean Barkley. I think I lean Baker because he matters. I give Mayfield a chance to win it though. It's in play. That's true. Like I think this conversation would have been ridiculous two weeks ago. Like I think you both would have laughed me off the podcast. Brett would have taken my mic, and I would have you know been sent packing back back to I don't know you know whatever Asheville, North Carolina. Oh man, actually that doesn't sound so bad. But anyways, uh, I, I I think now though. Baker's showing the difference that he makes as as the franchise quarterback. If he can do this at Houston yeah. next week with Clowney potentially doing things, like if he isn't flustered and truly as confident as we are expecting him to be, like let's not forget these four touchdowns came against the Bengals. The Bengals, and they suck. Right, yeah, right, for who, sure. Who they've given up. They're, I don't even think they're thinking about golf. By the like, way, he, he gets his Bengals team tennis. again in week 16. So, oh, uh, man. If the weather fun. holds up in Cleveland, he could be a different, he could be a championship winner, maybe. Yeah. So if the, if the Browns finish strong, you know, they win oh, three, three more games. If he manages like that, more than two passing touchdowns against the Texans, I will crown him. All right. Well, I, you know, I don't, who are the Texans? What, what is the, te- the Texas defense has a bunch of big names. We'll find out on Monday night. I think that front, yeah, I want to see what happens. I mean, but this is not a a fair matchup either. Like, Mariota is not 100%. Once again, injured Mariota. It should be a real test. (laughs) So maybe then they they won't be particularly gassed, so they'll save it all. Haven't we said all season, or maybe everybody doesn't agree on this, and I don't know if we've we've talked about this on this pod that much, but if defense doesn't matter or only the elite defenses matter, to me, Houston is not a – yeah. Oh, I'm changing my opinion on a player. I'm not starting him. If you wanted to play Mayfield next week and you see Houston, that is not a needle. I'm not, no, I'm me. not saying I'm not starting him. I'm just saying that that is a tougher test yeah, than of the Cincinnati Bengals. And so if we're That's talking fair. about who we're crowning Barkley or Mayfield, if Mayfield totally gets one sack next week, fine. You got it. But, the, you know, right, where would well, you the, rank him then? Where would you rank him, Scott, for next week? If Houston doesn't matter and coming off of this epic performance and also having scored, my goodness, how many touchdowns over the past few weeks uh, in addition to this? I think three last week as well. He'd be in the 13 to 15 range. And that may sound low to some people, but it just speaks to the depth of the position. Mm-hmm. 
I think I'd and have him out there play. just outside over, the bubble. Play. So you could play him if you didn't like if you had a reason to not trust your quarterback if he was in a bad draw or there's some injury news. There's been a, actually a lot of injured quarterbacks in the last couple of weeks. So you know, remember Trubisky didn't play last week. So maybe maybe you could play him that way. And of course, there's a lot of formats that are hybrids with two quarterback and super flex. So those rankings matter. It used to just be if you weren't in the top ten, who cares? Now it's like if you're in the top 17, 18, 20, we'll find a use for you. We'll DFS you. We'll super flex you, that type of thing. Jermaine Hall wants us to mention Jameis Winston. There, we mentioned him. Move on. <laughs> I'm sick of Not talking fair. about the, the guy to- played well today. Yeah. I'm sick of talking about these Bucks quarterbacks. Is that is that wrong of me? Well, I think the surprising thing is no interceptions when that has been what's gotten him benched so much. But again, doing this against a Reuben Foster list, San Francisco 49ers defense, uh, Todd Munkin, all of these offensive weapons. Like it, This is kind of how he should be playing. Yeah, he was the chalk and the chalk hit. There you go. Also, 312 yards. Sub Chicago, 312 area. Let's remember, going to today, if you had Tampa Bay quarterback, you would have the number two quarterback. And some people in, in stats accrued. And people would say, well, that's not fair. They've benched their quarterback three times. Okay. If you just played the Tampa Bay starter every week into this week, I think Mike Clay had the stat, you would have had the quarterback 10. And that would have been despite absorbing three benchings, which is just absurd. So if Winston can provide any bit of stability, we like the pieces in this offense. I know San Francisco didn't take advantage of it, but we know Tampa Bay's defense stinks. There's a, a Panthers game coming. There's a Saints game coming. Uh, if you play week 17, there's a Falcons game coming. Uh, you're on your own at Baltimore and at Dallas. But there's going to be more pinball with this team. And I, I, I can't guarantee Winston won't, do, won't play like crap next week and get benched. But uh, if he's going to play like this, I, I played him in DFS. It's the perfect place to play him. A couple of uh, se- It's kind of a semi-tournament, 12, 15, 18, 20 people where I, I'm trying to get a high score. And if he craps out, he craps out. I think it's a purpose, perfect place to play him. I feel like in our seasonal leagues, the quarterback position might be more like a cash game where you really need some floor. To me, Winston is a great DFS play when you're looking for some upside because he certainly offers that. And he's often uh, bargain priced. But let's talk more. Uh, forget Winston then. All right. Forget Jameson. Winston. We're going to. Jameson Winston. I changed his name to Jameson. Jameson Winston. We are forgetting him for a moment, forgetting the segment for a moment. And let's talk about, Scott, you like to talk about passing volume and uh, target trees, et cetera. This is obviously an offense that spreads the ball around a lot. Can we stop trying to make Deshaun Jackson and Jamison Winston a thing? They do not get along. Eight targets again for Jackson, only three catches. The chemistry just isn't there. This is like when you go on a date with a guy six times because you know your mom is going to love him, but you just do not want to kiss him at the end of the night. You never went out with anybody six times you didn't like. I don't believe that for a second. But <laughs> yeah, it's, J- J- Jameson, I, love, I really love the way that sounds. Jameson has his favorites. I'm going to talk about one of them in the pickup uh, segment. Yeah. We saw him get the touchdown with Bray today. Bray didn't have a huge game, although he did have another red zone, red zone look later in the game. Evans hasn't been a problem. Some guys just seem to connect. And Jackson, you know, I know he's out. He's on the field just to stretch it and, and to make them respect the deep threat and all that. But he is in his 30s now. It's a type of receiver a lot of times doesn't age that well. Yeah, I think there are certain players I'm fine to drop even if you don't have an ad. Like I was telling people, you can drop Demarius Thomas. You don't have an ad. I don't care. Just have the empty Figure spot. it out. <laughs> right. Right. You know, it's just a therapeutic drop. I think Deshaun Jackson is a therapeutic drop. He's on that therapeutic. You know, there's a list of those players. Uh, to me, Thomas was on that list. I would put Jackson on that list as well. Fair enough. At Leonardo Krog believes that Lamar Jackson was better than anticipated. I think we anticipated he'd be quite good, frankly, in this matchup. 
Yo, there were some there were some early game chirpers though about this one. Oh, when, uh, when four quarters, baby. Yeah, yeah. There and like someone's like, oh, big deal. He has sixteen points. It's like, yeah, but he finished with twenty two. You know, like I, people were definitely for whatever. I don't know what they were expecting. Like he was going to go out and you know, I, I knew he wasn't going to rush for hundred yards again. I mean, that was that was pretty easy to see. Well, seventy one is still seventy one is a lot. But that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like seventy one is is a lot. Well, I don't know why we were expecting a hundred again. Right. That's a little or more than fifteen rushing attempts for sure. So yeah, well. I, I think that was fair enough, but like again, this 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 is a guy that I know. Where do you f- guys see him the rest of the year? Because I want to. I know it's. I'm trying to pull up right now as I filibuster a little bit, like the quarterback rankings for the entire season. But to me, like I I think that Lamar Jackson's a guy that I'm gonna want to get into my lineup. Now I don't know who I'm gonna. Oh. Some of the guys in there that I'm gonna bench him for because quarterback is just so so deep the schedule at atlanta next week at kansas city versus tampa bay in week 15 week 16 at the chargers it's just, i think the toughest of the matchups for him There's a would lot be. of bingo there yeah, yeah. schedule I mean, rocks t- t- here's here's the thing today what he did today is something that could be repeatable yeah, 27 sure. carries yeah. in his first game wasn't not yeah. but 178 passing 11 for 71 rushing a rushing touchdown a rushing uh, a throw quarterback eight that's something that he could reason. That, that's a target he could reasonably hit against they Atlanta. Say to themselves, Come on, absolutely on the ground. Yeah. The point is that you couldn't you couldn't say what he did last week when he was what quarterback fifteen, quarterback sixteen. You couldn't say, well, he's going to get twenty seven carries a week. No, nobody wants to play football like that. The no. Ravens know it too. But what Jackson did today, and by the way, is only a fifty four point four rating. He had a couple of interceptions, yeah. but today is a very hittable target for him week in, week out. And that's going to make him in the top 10 quarterback conversation. You could say to yourself, if you've not hit, hit on quarterbacks, say Matthew Stafford's got you down, oh, yeah. you on Andy Dalton and you know, AJ I'm Green's hurt, boat. and that team is a you know, dead men walking team. You could be riding with Lamar Jackson the rest of the season. And available in 58% of Yahoo leagues mm-hmm. currently. Definitely still somebody to pick up. Yeah, like Time you guys, like Mahomes, Breeze, even Cam Newton, you know, I'm I'm playing those guys over Lamar Jackson. But, you know, when you start to get to like the Matt Ryan, Ben Roth, Luck, I think is a guy I'm playing over him, too. But, you know, Trubisky's QB nine this year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is QB 11. You know, he hasn't been up to up to that. Like Tom Brady has been Q, is QB 12. Like there's all how, these how guys. Oh, yeah. Right. No, I, I mean, <laughs> the rest of the season, Kirk Cousins versus Jackson could be a question. I think it's an easy answer too. I think it's Oh, it's real hard for me to sit Kirk Cousins. I mean he's only oh, he's Stephon only Stephon Diggs is so good after yeah. the kill. It's real he's, hard. He's 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 got a great touchdown in this game too. Oh. Uh, that we're, we're has is on right now. Yeah. So I don't know. Jackson's just a guy that I think spinning forward, you're probably gonna end up siding on getting him into your lineup. And you're gonna have to make these decisions because there are no more buys. Yay. So the buys will not make the decision for you. That means Pickups are quite interesting. We're going to do a lightning round of pickups. I'm going to start with Quint. <laughs> that was lightning. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a new producer, Brett, sound drop. And no, I was like, that's Pianowski some budget. Special. That's what you did? You yeah, that's my, Sesame Street, uh, that's my Sesame Street lightning. Now I'll, I'll morph into the count. Okay. <laughs> what? The count? Great. All right. So I want to talk about Quincy Anunwa. He was uh, rostered in a lot of leagues early in the season, but then I think through injuries and the Jets just not looking particularly good and Sam Darnold starting to struggle, he fell by the wayside. Now he's available in over 90% of leagues. Josh McCown was the starter in Week 10 and Week 12. Week 11, they were on by. In Week 10 with McCown under center, 
Quincy Nunwa drew eight targets, only four targets this week, but he led the Jets receiving core with 73 yards. Darnold is not expected back until week 14, which means week 13 could be another good week for Anunua because he's at Tennessee and the Titans are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers over the last four weeks. Yeah, I like that call. I just wish there'd be more touchdown upside with Anunua, sure. but you know, at 9%, what, what can you expect? He, he's a good player when he's on the field. We talked with, earlier about Jameson Winston and changing his name to Jameson. <laughs> Drink, please. He's got his guys. He, he likes Cameron Braid. He likes Mike Evans. Of course, everybody does. And he likes Adam Humphreys. You know, Humphreys in his last seven games has four touchdowns. He has an 82, a 76, and an 82-yard game. And it seemed like the valleys of Humphreys would come with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the better games, the booms would come with Jamison Winston. So uh, we like that schedule. We like that division. Tampa Bay's defense you know, played well today. A lot of that was the Niners kind of spitting all over themselves. But there's going to be points. There's going to be pinball. And Adam Humphreys has a role in this offense for what it is. You know, he's a DFS play, a wide receiver three. If, if you lost a guy you like, he's not going to be somebody you play proactively, but a good depth player who I think can get inside the wide receiver 30 conversation the rest of the way. I also just have to give it up for Adam Humphrey's efficiency. The hands that he has been pulling balls in with are extra sticky. He's converted 19 of 22 looks over his mm-hmm. last four games, converted six of six today. I like a player with a quarterback as inaccurate as Jamison Winston that can haul in that high percentage of a catch rate is someone that I'm absolutely keeping an eye on. So Plus I life is easier that. in the slot, right? The yes. throws are more defined. You get the lesser coverage. So a lot of times that mitigates some of the quarterback problems because of what the position asks you to do. Amen. Mr. Harmon. You would like to talk about a wildcat? Let's talk, you know, some of these this backup character? running. Yeah, a character named Justin Jackson. Literally 0% owned in Yahoo Fantasy per uh, the numbers that we've looked at. And I, I think that the sad part about Austin Eckler is that I think he's a real good player. But I don't, like we mentioned earlier, I don't think he's going to get, you know, the feature back duties or anything. And if something happens to Austin Eckler, you could get a start out of Justin Jackson at some point. And, you know, maybe they just end up liking him better as the early down option. Seems that way. It sure seems that way. And it, and it just is one of these players that you want to add and see what happens, you know, again, in case more chaos hits, he's the potentially the next Gus Edwards. You never know. Could easily be that way. Another player that could be that is a 4% owned guy in Jordan Wilkins. Yeah, talk to me about this. Yeah. So Marlon Mack goes out with a concussion Mm -hmm. today. He's getting evaluated. Wilkins didn't get any carries today, but he did get three catches for 32 yards, caught all three of his targets. And he also ran in a touchdown a couple of weeks ago. He's just been getting a little bit more involved after kind of falling out of favor for Marlon Mack. So, and Mack is a guy that not only has be is he dinged up right now with the concussion. He's he's had other injuries in the past. He's another player that you might just want to stash, keep on your bench, and you might get a start out of him in one of these high-powered offenses here to end the year. We're tying these running backs to good offenses, which is always a good reason to invest in somebody. Uh, wrap this up with Dante Pettis, wide receiver for San Francisco, more of a deeper league play, available in 99% of Yahoo League, 77 and a touchdown in that ugly loss at Tampa Bay. We don't know what the status of the quarterback. Mullins didn't play well, but it's still a Kyle Shanahan offense. Pettis was a second-round pick. We'll see what happens to Goodwin did play today. Pierre Garçon is hurt, so there may be some opportunity here. I think Pettis has a good chance to be this team's receiver the rest of the season. And I think we have a good chance of returning next Sunday. Before that, though, I'll be back with Dalton Del Don on Thursday. Be sure a to good spread. <laughs> Not 100%, just so you know, Brett. 
Oh, Dalton doesn't look 100% either. He's just been questionable all year. <laughs> Oof. Oh, man. So, Dalton. Um, <laughs> looking, looking not so great lately. Nobody man. tagged Dalton. All right. <laughs> but do follow us on social at Yahoo Fantasy. At yeah. me. At me, bro. Don't. At me, bro. <laughs> Be sure to submit your questions. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. You can see me pointing to him. No, you can't. And that is at Scott underscore Pianowski. Win big. We out. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.